Hey, we were talking a lot about the players coming to an agreement with the AFL on what their pay structure would look like going forward, and mm-hmm. that is a good thing because they're a very, very important part of our game, the players. We should never lose sight of that. Paul Marsh is the AFL PA chief. He joins us on the phone. Welcome to you, Paul. Afternoon, gents. How are you? And you've got with you Phil Davis, uh, the original straight backer. Well, when Don Pike retired, yes. we had a little hiatus of a, a player who had the absolutely <laughs> like rod straight back, and then Phil Davis came in and filled the void. He joins us, Phil. Phil. JB and gang, nice to be here. Nice to be reminded of my running structure right now. <laughs> I like it. Vice President, of course, of the AFL-PA. So we had Damo explain to us, boys, that it's a 50% pay cut April, May, until we know if we start again at the end of May. If there's no games, it's 70%. Paul Marsh, I might start with you. Is that uh, a result that you're happy with, or did you compromise to get there? Oh, look, it's you know, it's been a pretty difficult couple of weeks trying to work through all of this, and I think we've got to a point that we think is fair. Um, you know, right now, the whole industry, the whole community's world's been blown up, really. So, um, you know, I think it's it's very fair in the circumstances. Um, you know, we we had to work through it with the AFL, but yeah, I think there's always compromises trying to get to a solution. But I think the players are comfortable with where we've landed. Paul, the, the way you're, you're assessing this is that it provides a, a form of certainty for you and the players in, in a world where there, there is none. Can you just explain to our, uh, our listeners by, uh, by what you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we're seeing out there in the community, in the football industry itself, like people are being stood down because there's no certainty around what's happening. And from a player's perspective, they're going to be asked at some point to get back to train, um, hopefully because that means they're going to be playing. So this gives them some certainty of income, albeit it's it's obviously less than what they were contracted for, but it allows them to plan for the rest of this year, um, which also allows the, the clubs to have them on call as they need them. So we think that part of it's really important, and I think that from a player's perspective um, was you know something that, that allowed us to get this through. Paul and Phil, how, how do you feel about, I guess, the backlash from especially, and I don't know whether you heard me a couple of minutes ago talk about what I think of it, but former players, players just out of the game, saying that this has been bad PR for the players and, you know, they, they should be taking more of a pay cut and all that sort of stuff. One, how do you feel when you hear that and, uh, and, and what's your reaction to it? Do you contact those players and explain exactly what has gone on and what is going on? Don't know, who, who do you want to take that one? You, I'm happy to start, and Phil, you yep. can jump in. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, think, right. I mean, this is the sort of issue that, um, you know, from a PR perspective, we're, we're not going to win on an issue like this. You know, everyone's going through, obviously, a particularly tough time at the moment. Um, so I think, you know, for us, we've got players' livelihoods at stake here. We had a job to do. Um, we've just got on with the job of it during the week. And, look, you have a look at it. Sunday night, we're still playing footy. Friday, we've worked through, we've got an outcome. You know, there was a fair bit of hysteria around how long this was taking. It's taken us five days to completely rework what the players are working through this year. So, look, it wasn't a distraction from our perspective. We just needed to get on with it. Um, Phil can talk about it from a player's perspective, but it's, you know, it's just part of, unfortunately, um, yeah, the way we'll be perceived through something like this. Yeah, Doc, I think, you know, you know, your assessment there on, you know, the, the amount of noise on the outside um, was spot on. It's something that you do here as, as a player and as, an, and as a, an association because it is important that, you know, in this situation that's got so many different elements and factors to it that we understand that we're just one sort of niche area of a whole entire, you know, country and world that's in a really tough time at the moment and people are losing their jobs and there's a lot of uncertainty going around and yet, 
know, it's easy for us to be perceived for trying to, you know, make sure we get some clarity about what we're doing for the next few months um, can get taken in, in certain ways and everyone's entitled to, to their opinion. Um, but from a player's point of view, you never want to be jeopardising the league as, as a whole. You know, it's so important that the AFL gets the other side of this. And for us, we were just trying to make sure there was some clarity for us. And, you know, we, we're also going to be training through this whole period to make sure that if we get the green light to go, we, we are ready to go. And uh, So, Phil... We, Yep. I was just going to ask you about that. So the time required, so we know the 31st of May is the earliest possible time the season can get underway again, if it does. What what period together? We know the players are home preparing individually and perhaps in pairs or whatever at the moment, but what? how much time do you need together to be ready? Yeah, BT, it's a good question. To me, it really depends on how many pre-seasons you've had under your belt. That, that sort of makes a bit of a difference. But for me personally, I feel as if I can stay fit in isolation, I won't be AFL fit, but if I can get a good two to four weeks in that environment um, of almost pre-season intensity, I'll feel like I can produce at a high level. Um, you know, the, the thing that might be a challenge for us is if it does drag out, you know, that that period of leading might get small and small because I think they make a decision end of April from what I can gather so we might have, you know, from early May to start of June to really crank it up. And to me, that'll be plenty of time, how that looks going forward. But for me personally, I'm in between that two and four week period of really winding it up if, I've come, if I can stay in half decent shape um, during isolation. Phil, I know you're no longer officially the captain of GWS, but I know you've done a power of work in a, in a leadership sense behind the scenes, both with your players and direction you've given to, to other players throughout the competition. Just for the, the benefit of our listeners today, can, can you just enlighten them, please, without breaking confidences as to how it's been for you and, and even dealing with the, the younger players who, who are really in the unknown now and will have to go to the government um, offerings when it comes to, to wage? Yeah, Purple, it's been a very uh, busy sort of period, all from Sunday night when you sort of hear the first rumblings and it's official and then you're trying to work out what that means. Then you link that in with, you know, PA meetings and then you go to the club and that was probably one of the more harrowing experiences for the 45 blokes that, um, you know, play when we got to go in there for our, our last meeting for a while and we've just seen a football department just be told that they don't know if they've got jobs or not. And that, and that was a really challenging period as well. And then throughout the week, you're trying to work, you know, with the, the Players Association, a bit with the club and also with your group and trying to get information. And information is probably the hardest thing to, to freely pass around. And players are in the dark trying to get some level of clarity where they're going. And, you know, you're having conversations from people who are probably at the lower end of the scale on the, the economy of football all the way through the top who all will be affected and all have their different challenges. And, you know, everyone, you know, is getting pulled different ways and you're trying to bring that all together to hopefully find a deal that is best for everyone and also to hopefully give some um, assurity that they'll be okay. You know, we've got lots of players off the back of last night's rental announcement by the PM that they'll be looking through that. We've got people who will be looking to get their home loans deferred and you know, there are so many, such a large magnitude of things going on and people in all different kind of scenarios. So you're trying to just talk to them and, hopefully give them some clarity so that, you know, their anxiety levels can decrease. A lot of young players are gone back home to live with mum oh, and dad no too, doubt. of course. No and question. Do they cost you? Hey, yeah, Pugs, <laughs> Paul Marsh, tell us about your own staffing situation. What happens there? You, I don't know how you know, staff strong the AFLPA was, but what does it look like now? 
Yeah, we're still working through that, um, James. We uh, and one of the things that we agreed as a, as part of this is there'd be no more funding for the PA this year. So that's um, that's significant for us and and our members. And you know we've got to work through that. I think as you'd appreciate, the last two weeks have been about you know firstly what are we playing last weekend and now how we work through the pay deals. So we've still got to work through. Um, our staffing, but you know, there's going to be cuts there, and, and we've certainly given our staff that message at a high level. Did- All right, and as we let uh, Phil Day, I might get one more from you, Bill. For, uh, Phil, the other thing is, I actually watched your game the other oh, night, no. and my goodness, wow, we sharp as a knife, GWS, clean. Skill level amazing, field kicking, 17-3, of course, Accurate. against bloody good outfit in the Cats. Oh. So not a good time for a break for your lot. Yeah, we were sharp. Weren't we? I, I, must admit, I, was, I was impressed with Geelong too. I thought they, they played at a pretty good level. Um, it, it felt like a good standard of game and it felt a little bit fast for my liking, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but um, It looked no, a bit fast for you too. I'm, I'm... Thank, you, thank you, mate. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> that and Geelong weren't that good, Phil. Um, <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Uh, no, yes, no it, was, it was, you know, it's, it's obviously frustrating from a point of view, from a purely performance point of view, that we feel like we're in a really good spot. And, yeah. But, you know, there are just bigger things at play here. And, you know, we understand that, you know, we're, we're in the pause. But we feel as though, you know, whenever the season comes back, if we can do the right thing and stay in good shape, that we feel as though our, our football can stack up back in the year. Good on you, mate. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks for that. Paul Marsh, well done during the week. And uh, hopefully things can flatten out a bit in uh, your world too. Thanks, gents.